Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dave Clark, the Executive Associate Dean and Professor of Economics at Marquette University, who consults with the Wisconsin Realtors Association on their monthly reports. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure to be with you. So we're going to be discussing the state's real estate landscape and outlook today. And I thought we could start with some of the findings from the latest report from the Realtors Association, which covered data from August. Uh, Dave, what are, the, what are some of the top takeaways for the month? Well, uh, I mean, it's clear that we are not keeping pace in terms of sales with uh, August of last year, and even on a year-to-date basis, looking at the first uh, eight months of, of 2022 versus the first eight months of 2021, we are we are below that that pace of of last year. It is important to to uh, remember, though, that. Last year was a record year. I mean, we we sold a record number of, of homes, existing homes, uh, in in 2021. So it's not surprising that we're not um, uh, at that same pace uh, because several things have changed. Uh, the probably the most most significant is that mortgage rates have have increased rather dramatically. Um, we still have very tight supply. Uh, we we have uh, you know we certainly have a, a seller's market. Um, a balanced market is one where you essentially have about six months of available supply, uh, and and if you're below that six month benchmark, then you're you're really in a seller's market. And and uh, if you look at where we stood in in uh, August of 2022, we're at just 2.8 months of available supply. So it's a strong seller's market. There's limited supply. There's still strong demand. Uh, and so, so uh, the supply constraints have kept sales down, but they've also uh, pumped up prices. Uh, and so if you look at August of, of this year compared to August of last year, um, sales are down about 10.4%. Uh, if you look at median prices, they're up about 8.4%. And that's completely consistent with strong demand and and limited supply. And the year-to-date picture is pretty similar. Uh, first eight months of the of, of this year, sales are down 8.7% compared to that same period last year, uh, and prices uh, are up 10.4%. So, we've we've been experiencing this uh, the 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 tight supply for for quite some time, and that's been pushing prices up. Um, the, and, and, and it has, um, it has been, been, uh, certainly keeping sales volume down, uh, at least, uh, over the last year. Certainly. And you mentioned the low supply levels playing into the picture on prices. What other factors or trends are going into those higher home prices that we're currently seeing? Well, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think the strong demand is really 
is is really the the primary uh, determinant of, of that. Com well, combined with the with the with the uh, the tight supply, and the reason demand is so strong is uh, the millennial generation delayed moving into owner occupied housing for good reason. Um, you know, they they hit that stage in life where you normally would buy your first home at about the worst time possible, and that would be coming out of the Great Recession. And so they had a number of things working against them. Uh, you know, number one, the you know labor market wasn't great at that point in time, and so the prospect of getting a job um, or or uh, having a ha having a uh, a good job at at that stage of the business cycle was 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 uh, lower. Uh, it was more more likely that there were some employment challenges coming out of college. They had shouldered some rather significant student debt. Um, but the third thing is, even if they, even if they could qualify for a mortgage, uh, it really wasn't an ideal time to be buying a home because home prices were falling at that stage uh, of the business cycle. They really didn't start start rising until you got uh, into 2012. And so, why buy an asset that's losing value? And so, so, so those three factors really led to the. Um, to, to the, the uh, millennial uh, generation sitting on the sidelines for a while. And uh, eventually uh, as the number one, the housing market improved, but, but, but number two, as their life circumstances changed, um, you know, forming households, having children, uh, those, those types of, of life events ultimately lead to um, a, an increased demand for space you know, there's nothing like having a couple of kids running around and you're in an apartment that, that gets pretty small pretty quick. <laughs> so, so ultimately, that's what has fueled the, the relatively strong demand. But then in addition, mortgage rates hit record lows uh, um, yeah, a little over a year ago. And so uh, that has, has uh, pulled even more people into, into the, the housing market. They just viewed this as an opportune time to, to buy. That strong demand, though, combined with uh, the limited supply, is, has been pushing those, those prices up at a, at a pretty healthy clip. Absolutely. I'd like to ask you a little more about the trends with mortgage rates. Um, the August report shows they were up 83% over the year. And um, as you, you know, mentioned, interest rates last year were historically very low. And that looks like a really significant increase. But then with that context, hoping you could kind of explain what's really going on there, what maybe is behind the scenes playing into that. So if, if you look at what's been happening to mortgage rates, um, just consider where we started at the beginning of this year. Uh, we were at 3.45% on average. Uh, in January, all right. Um, but by that time, uh, it was pretty clear that the inflation that we were experiencing was not transitory. That is, it looked like it was it was becoming uh, a bit more embedded, and we were, uh, you know, at its peak uh, over over nine percent. Uh, if, you, if you're just looking at headline inflate, inflation, the the the, uh, the CPI percentage change in the CPI year over year. So, one of the things uh, when when lenders are are extending loans, they need to consider what what uh, they believe the 
inflation is going to be going forward. Those are called inflationary expectations. And uh, uh, the, the, the concern that lenders would have in, in this environment is what we've been used to in terms of, of expected inflation, which is somewhere in the 2% range, uh, perhaps uh, is, is uh, uh, less likely to be the case going forward. And so if it, uh, those inflationary expectations then get embedded into, uh, into uh, those, those long-term mortgage rates. In addition, short-term uh, interest rates were going up. And it, for the exact same reason, the, the Fed uh, uh, began to, to recognize that, that inflation was, was less transitory than they had hoped. And so they started taking uh, more aggressive steps to, to slow down the economy, uh, hopefully uh, get inflation under control without generating a, uh, a, a significant recession. All right, that you're, what, what they're looking for is your, your, your classic soft landing. Slow down the economy, get inflation under control, but don't slow it down to the point that it's going to uh, precipitate a, a significant downturn in the economy, and so, um, so the, those high uh, mortgage rates are are really a reflection of the fact that that there is uh, growing expectation that inflation is is a bit stronger than it than it would be, and you always want to take that into consideration when you're lending money over long periods of time. So, so that's really. Uh, the, the fundamentals as to as to why uh, mortgage rates have been going up. Now, when you look at at um, adjustable rate mortgages, they will be tied to some of those shorter term uh, interest rates more directly. Longer term, uh, when you're lending longer term, um, those inflationary expectations are really a, a, a significant reason why uh, you'd see those those long-term thirty-year uh, fixed-rate mortgages uh, also increasing, but 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 we were at three point four five percent at the beginning of, of January. Uh, at the end of uh, at the end of of uh, September, or the average for September, I should say, was six point one one percent. So they almost doubled, um, not quite, but uh, we're getting close to, to to doubling just in the last. Uh, last nine months. Uh, if you look at where Jan September of this year was compared to September of last year, again, 6.11% uh, this September, 2.9% last September. So they have more than doubled over the course of that year. So um, the effect of that obviously is that'll dampen demand uh, a bit. We still have strong demand. I mean, you still, again, we still have a, a classic seller's market, but it will begin to, to soften that market the longer those rates stay as high as they are. Okay, excellent. Well, great to have your perspective on all those things, Dave. This has been really helpful to have your thoughts on uh, the WISP Business Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, it was my pleasure. You've been listening to WIS Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor.
Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.